<laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Randy Bruce from Survivor Now, your go-to source for international and U.S. Survivor. My team and I have been putting in the work to bring you even more content covering everyone's favorite competition show. We now offer more content than ever over on our YouTube page through our new subscription tier system. Sign up today for either our casual, superfan, or the tribe tiers to get exclusive content only available for our most committed listeners. Prices start at just 99 cents a month, and our top membership, the tribe, is only $5.99 a month. Come on, come on. You cannot beat that price for exclusive videos, interviews, and meet and greets with your favorite Survivor castaways. Head on over to our YouTube page to subscribe today. And don't forget to check out all of the content that we offer at www.survivornowpodcast.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Survivor Now podcast. Well, actually, more appropriately, Big Brother Now, since that's what we are <laughs> recapping today. I am joined by Randy, Will, and Ian. We're going to be covering everything Big Brother from the episode that premiered on Sunday to the episode that just premiered tonight. So thank you all for joining us. I do just want to start off today's episode to acknowledge uh, some recent news to come out of the Big Brother house. For those of you who are following what's happening on Twitter or are, you are following the feeds, you might know already. If those of you who are joining us would like to avoid all spoilers, I do advise that you click off and join us at a different time. Uh, so what we do know is that one of the house guests, Luke Valentine, did use the N-word during uh, while he was in the house. CBS has removed him from the game. So we have a statement. Luke violated the Big Brother Code of Conduct, and there is zero tolerance in the House for using a racial slur. He has been removed from the House. His departure will be addressed in Thursday night's show. So that is tomorrow. They are going to address uh, how Luke was removed from the House. So I'm happy to see that CBS has followed their policy in terms of removing House guests that violate their policy. And we're going to move forward from here by reviewing to the episodes as are. Well said. I mean, what a crazy week of Big Brother. Absolutely <laughs> insane. This week has had everything. The ups, the downs. It has been an entertaining week. And I can't wait to get into this. Like, this is going oh, yeah. to be so fun to talk about. Um, by the way, guys, if you do want to join the chat, make sure to... Uh, subscribe to the channel. We have subscribers only chat turned on today and then join the conversation. We would love to hear from you guys in your opinion. So and we'll try to get to some questions at the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. I first want to start off by acknowledging series entrance. Um, did anyone notice? It seemed like a lot of people didn't quite know who Suri was. And I was just imagining how awkward it must have felt for Suri to be told, oh, you're going to go in, you're going to pour some champagne as people are entering. And just to, it didn't feel like the big reaction I think production was hoping for. I definitely see that. I mean, I, I mean, when I saw her standing there, I was like, oh, I was like, holy, like, balls like oh my god like she's here i saw I, as soon as i saw that bun on top of her head i knew exactly who it was but i definitely got the vibe that most of the people in the house other than izzy and Corey, did not know who she was and i think that comes from the fact that surprisingly enough there is not a lot of intersect between the big brother and survivor communities 
which is crazy to me. I think part of it too is, you know, a lot of recruits for Big Brother, they just watch a lot of modern seasons of Big Brother. Um, and so they don't watch a lot of modern Survivor, let alone, you know, because three played a lot of the older seasons, season 12, 16, 20. Um, even though Game Changers was kind of recent, it's still been a few years. Um, and so it, I think that's awkward, but I think the most important part is the thing that was not shown in the episode or on the feeds at all was how no one questioned that she didn't have to do the first challenge. Yeah. I feel like if I was going into a house, it doesn't matter if it was Surrey Field or just some random guy, I would question why they were uh, able to avoid nominations and avoid the challenge. You know, What stood out to me in particular was we did hear some people who were like, oh, we know who that is. That is Sari. And and we, we hear that from Felicia. We hear that from Riley. Obviously, Izzy and Corey knows who that is. I'm mm -hmm. shocked that more people didn't make the connection between her and her son. Just because <laughs> if you do know Sari, she goes everywhere with her son. Her son's all over her social media. I'm not saying everyone stalks social media, but I do know reality TV fans, they love going to events and they love meeting people. And if you ever go to an event with Sari there, her son is right there. That's where I met him at in New York. So I understand not everyone is going to these reality TV events, but there's just so many variables that allow you to to know who Sari's son is. So I was more shocked about the fact that we only had one person who really knew that was her son, and that was super fan Izzy, of all people, who immediately pulls Jared to the side, and just the, the face that he had immediately of like, oh, shoot, no, 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 we good, right? We good? It was, it was really fun to watch. I mean, did no one notice that conversation go down? It must, no one, like, no one looked over in that area. They weren't that deep into where the, like, bathroom area was. They were Also, right Izzy's not hallway. very quiet. Izzy's not a quiet person. No, like, not at all. I, sit, I was like, it's probably, obviously, like, the mics, you know, they have to amplify that for the show and the editing. But, like, hearing Sari be like, you're Sari's, like, hearing Izzy be like, you're Sari's son. And I was like, if I was in the house, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but like what did what did Izzy just say and um okay like and then I just like that'd be in the back of my mind for the rest of the night and then I'd just be like I'll just see how Sari and Jared interact and see if this is true what's even crazier is that uh we also hear from Sari saying about how her own son is not quiet and we get a really <laughs> funny scene where they're in the storage room and Sari's like you gotta be quiet. I hear you talking to Izzy and, and whoever, like walking into a room. I should not hear that. And we just, it, it's kind of funny just seeing Sarid act like a coach to Jared. Um, I also want to say that Izzy knew that Jared was Sarid's son going into the house when they're all in front of the door, uh, in front of Julie, uh, Chen Movenves. Um, And so I wonder if Izzy had an idea that Sarid would be joining or if it was just like a thing or, or to what extent that uh, is he expected to read in the house? Ooh, yeah, I mean, Sari herself said she knew that she and Jared were playing together, which indicated that, like, this had been set up from the beginning. So it was no surprise to Jared or Sari mm -hmm. of anything. Whereas, versus, like, in Big Brother 8 with Dick and Danielle. Yeah. Or I'm happy that Big they Brother were both 4. in on it. Oh, and Big Brother 4, you're right. But I'm happy that mm -hmm. they were both in on it. 
um, mm -hmm. at the start. So it didn't feel like it was this massive rearranging of their strategies that they had to take on right there in the moment. Mm -hmm. I felt that would have been a little, a little much. And it I mean, to, sorry to cut you off. The last thing I'll put, uh, towards the fact that like, how did nobody else, like you said, Matthew, how did nobody see that Bowie Jane was literally right there when they walked aside, you literally see her watch them walk to the side and then she just turns around. I'm sorry. Is this not a strategy show? Those are two people going off. Who who knows what they're talking about? Forming an alliance, doing <laughs> who knows what. And she just didn't even care. She just turns back to the group and starts talking to them. So it was a little shocking that more people didn't catch on. And it's, I mean, it's going to be the story all season. Does Izzy keep her mouth? kind of shut does she keep it to herself she definitely i think has i know the answer as, she definitely has this to use as blackmail uh, well i go ahead ian i think i know the answer but <laughs> we'll wait to see <laughs> expect the unexpected you know yeah well i think a big question as well uh going into this is does sari and jared have this big advantage or them going together is, is it a disadvantage you know because on one hand they already have a final two deal locked in they have that pre-game relationship we've seen those out of house experiences uh they're able to drive the narrative right big brother 21 we had two pre-existing relationships coincide with each other right but at the same time izzy is not someone who i think would keep secrets very well and so even if it's not obvious to the rest of the house, like the fact that Jared and Sari are mother daughter or mother son, <laughs> daughter, my bad guy, the fact that they're all, they are blood, you know, that's going to be revealed and that's going to paint a giant target that I don't know if Sari would be able to maneuver too well because, you know, it's Fields already in a house of one with now her son. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I it's want y'all. It's a huge lie that they've already committed to exactly. presenting to the house. So as soon as one other person finds out, it's over. I think that's almost too much to recover from. So why don't we? There, there were a few more connections that were made during. You know, we see a connection between Riley and Jag. We also see a connection between Cameron and Red Form. Um, we do officially see Izzy. Uh, and Jared tells Sari that Izzy is in the know about mm -hmm. uh, Sari and Jared's relationship. Uh, but then something interesting happens during cast intros when they're all sitting around the couch and they're introducing themselves. While um, while Fel Felicia is going, uh, we get a returning person from the <laughs> nether region, which is Corey. And this was the biggest letdown for me. Yes. I, I, yeah. Thought we were going to see something more with Corey. I thought they were going to keep him out for longer too, but this was ridiculous. Perfect, perfectly said. Really? I mean, a major letdown. That that is exactly what I thought the moment they brought him back into the house. Is I was like, what was this dude away for? What an hour? Granted, <laughs> like I watched the live yeah. feed, so I know some people are like, Randy, I watched the live feed for like four hours, and he was out for a good time. I'm just going by what I know, and it it didn't it just didn't seem long. Like I I felt like they should have held him out maybe past I this might be a little extreme, maybe past the nominations and then bring him back in. I, I felt like there should have been some sort of penalty. You hype this up. Whoever loses this, you're going to the nether region. The nether region was more like a day spa, and then you yeah. just came right back into the house. I think what? Uh, what they should have done for the nether region, for my personal thing, would be 
to have it be like to go with like the kind of spooky element of it would be they have to keep him there until everybody goes to bed and then he has to find like his own bed and maneuver his way around the house and then you know see how that goes well but i mean but i mean that's just me because i think you know adding the element of him trying to sneak out sneak off and be like hey i'm here and then people being like all asleep would be very funny but you know big brother likes to do these themes and they almost always fall flat so <laughs> To be fair, though, I'm kind of glad that of all the twists that normally happen night one, that we just get a nothing burger of a twist. You know, imagine if Corey's just the first person voted out of the house, you know, Ugh. along with it'd be, it'd be, It would it suck for the Whataburger family. How do you say their last name? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. I, some, but, I just some, I sometimes just call them the burger family, like to, burger just to shorten family. it. I just call them the 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 nerdy family because <laughs> you know, Corey, Corey and and Zach they're both very you know they're they're, they're the super fans the, the oh yeah the archetype but you know night one two is like all the first night where you're starting to make your relations and so not being there for an extended period of time like if he was gone after nominations or after like veto or whatever he would be the first person voted out no mm -hmm. no doubt. Because he's already on the block, can't socialize. Everyone else is making alliances, so I'm kind of glad that he came in early. It was able to, you know, recover slightly. Yeah, he came yeah. in with a warning. He said that next week someone will be gone for a much longer period. So hopefully, I'm hoping we see something on the other side. I do hope we get some sort of answer to what lies behind the nether region i'm tired of saying that word so i want to move on from this uh, <laughs> honestly literally but Corey, like we said before does instantly recognize sari from survivor uh and we find out later in tonight's episode uh that that raises a red flag for sari because Corey really wants to talk a lot about survivor and survivor <laughs> strategy and rightfully so sari's like you know a little bit too much about my game I mean, who wouldn't want to talk about Survivor with Sari Fields? I mean, come yeah. on, these people are getting to do this for free. It's not fair. <laughs> I want to be in there right now. So, and so obviously, when he said, you are robbed of Micronesia, I was like, this man has taste. So he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and like, he's like, they somehow find a way to like get you out of the game every single time. I was like, yeah, I know. That's what we've all been saying as Survivor fans for years. <laughs> so it was funny to see someone like be the voice of like a Sari fan for like, all of cbs just you know i loved and i loved that i thought it was so funny and you know sari takes no prisoners and she's very like she's like yeah he knows about my game and like you know but i i i'll go back to some of the live feeds she has talked about her game and how she's played a decent amount without revealing too much of her strategy but she has said every person that i have aligned with has typically won so like that's a great way to pitch yourself if you want to be in alliance with three hey if i'm in an alliance with you you're probably going to the end because yeah. i can get us there and i mean the only time Ceri's person didn't win was heroes versus villains but that's also because there was no tribe swap so there was nothing she could do to like she never even met sandra so and i think it's weird though how Ceri sees this as a red flag because i feel like I feel like Corey should have sold himself a bit better because what Izzy did was Izzy was like, I know y'all are tight. I know who Suri is. I'm working with y'all. 
I wish Thank Corey you, went into the conversation more saying, Sri, I'm a big fan of you. I love everything. Like you were robbed, you know, whatever. You can fanboy all he wants, but say, I want to work with you because of this. Yeah. And I think that we can work well together. Instead, Corey is just like, Sri, you're a legend. Because then Sari has no nothing with Corey. And I feel like that conversation would have went so much better for Corey if he was like, I still want to work with you, Sari. Because then Sari's like, well, he's at least being honest with me. I'm going to keep my eye on him, but he's telling the truth, at least right now. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't explicitly say, I want him gone right away. She does say, I got my eye on him. So that is something. We know that he is on her radar. I do want to ask, what do you all think about this have not room? I hate it. It's disgusting. <laughs> it. It's horrible. It's the worst. It. <laughs> okay. I, I've seen a decent amount of have not rooms in BB. I've watched a decent amount of seasons. Out of all the have not rooms, this has probably got to be the worst I've seen because I think the boot contraption is one of the worst things to ever be put into a have not room ever. And I just, I just, to me, I'd be like, it's already embarrassing enough you made these people do it on night one. Like, I don't want to see it for the rest of the season. I hope someone finds a way to break that contraption sooner or later. (laughs) I mean, I absolutely love it. I love, isn't that what a have not room is supposed to be about? It's supposed to be super embarrassing, (laughs) super uncomfortable. Um, We see people volunteer here, which I was shocked that we had four volunteers. I was convinced we were going to get like two and then they were going to have to do something on the side. Um, But then the, the kicking thing, I loved it at first. I, I will agree that I think it's going to get old as the season progresses on. It already got old this episode where I'm watching uh, Riley and Jag talk in that room. And then before she leaves, she has to do this. And I just, I'm trying to put myself in the mindset. Like if I was in the house right now, imagine how annoying that would be. I would never go in that room for that sole reason. Really? Because not that like, obviously it doesn't hurt or anything, Me but like, it would it would just be such a hindrance and it would be so annoying to like oh i can't leave the room without doing these spins i almost forgot i almost forgot to to kick myself here yeah i like the idea that it's i think they at nighttime they don't let them do it which is sorry to interrupt i think the one caveat is that when it's nighttime and when the house guests are sleeping they don't have to do it which i'm like thank god because any person leaving the have not room in the middle of the night i'd be like I want you evicted, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'd be afraid to go to the bathroom if they made me do that in the middle of the night to disrupt my <laughs> have not guessed. I, I like that it's like the mm-hmm. broken part of the multiverse if we're sticking with the theme. But mm-hmm. honestly, like it's it seems fine to sleep on a hot dog or on a thing. I feel yeah, way more uneasy and uncomfortable in that horror room. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that I, I'll just say that the actual the actual dog bed, like the, the, that looks comfortable. To me, yeah, that looks like the cool. most comfortable bed <laughs> in the entire house. Like that dog bed looked, I'd be like, okay, I'm cool. I'll do this every week. I'll eat the slop every week. Just give me that dog bed. Um the cheese bed though, I'll that's keep that the in bed mind, I'm kind Randy. of against here. It looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> so Randy, I can't I when we go on the show up. together. <laughs> us four all on big brother but randy i i'm surprised oh that you that you were surprised that people uh volunteered to be a have not i think volunteering to be a have not is one of the smartest things you can do 
um, especially for someone like Corey, uh, because there was a strategy that Ian Terry used back in Big Brother 14, where he always nominated himself to go and slop because he, you know, showed that he was a super fan, right? And that was his gimmick, and that's how he survived the early uh, early on. And I feel like that's a similar game that Corey wanted to play. He went into the game wanting to, you know, say, I'm, you know, 21. I love the show. Please don't vote me out first, you know? And so him saying, I want to be a have-not. I want to get the full Big Brother experience. I think it's helpful to Corey. And I think if people adopt that mindset, that could help them, you know, when they volunteer to be a have-not. And I think uh, looking at it from the, through those lens, uh, I think it makes a lot more sense why people would volunteer to go on the block or on have-not. I'm with you, Will. I think it could make for a good strategy mm-hmm. uh, if needed. Um, let's talk about Kirsten. Kirsten's on the block and she's trying to now form alliances and pull in different groups of people. Out of this comes a very flimsy five person alliance um, with Jared, Riley, Matt, and Luke. And that, I don't even know how to say it. It's they're they're five people. (laughs) I I know how to say it. It's, I know how to say it. It's called the phalanx five, but it's more like the phony five. Cause that, Yeah. yeah. Oh, it doesn't bars. even last. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even last. Just like past Dude. day that night when the, I, I felt I felt so bad watching this happen on the live feeds to, for Kirsten, just because mm-hmm. it's one of the it's one of those classic moves where you try to you want to secure your position as much as possible because you want to be there so bad, but you haven't made connections with people enough. You haven't had good one-on-one conversation for these people to even realize and like value who you are as a person. So it comes across as very game body, which I think is why a lot of people have a lot of reservations and why Kirsten did become a big house target besides the putting her hand in too many different alliances. I think Kirsten made just a few slight blunders in front of the wrong people who traded notes immediately. I think mm-hmm. the because the problem week one, you know, one person gets flack and they get so much shade thrown at them that's hard for them to recover. I think Kirsten, she's made a small mistake. She made a phony alliance that didn't last. So she tried making more alliances. People started trading notes, and now she's like this game body, you know, overplaying. And now she's nominated and you know, looking to be a huge target, while Felicia is very, very under the radar sticking to just Sari and that whole alliance that's been forming. And so I feel I feel really bad for Kirsten because I don't think she's a terrible player. She just messed up at the wrong times. I, th- I mean, you said it best. There was a couple uh, – well, so I'll put it out there. Jared said it best when it came to the alliance itself, and he said, it's night one, okay? Mm-hmm. And we just met these people. I'm not really going into I'll, – I'll say yes because you're not going to sit there and you're not going to say no. Like you want these people to, you know, have some trust in you, even if it's a little bit. And then Kirsten just has so many things going against her. She overplayed right at the beginning. She, Mm -hmm. uh, we said it, Jack and I on the first uh, Big Brother Now podcast of the, of the season, we said it, Kirsten's just not fitting in with this group. You know, sometimes there's just a big group of people that you just don't connect with anyone. I do see her kind of connecting with Mimi. I see them hanging out a lot. So maybe that's her way in and we'll get to that in a little bit uh, when we get to like some the nominations and all of that stuff. But I will say, I think it was 
a combination of a bunch of elements for Kirsten and why she's been such a huge target this week. It's just been everything going against her from the get-go. And it's going to be, I know last season it happened, big target right at the beginning, went on to win the game. But it's just going to, she's got a hole super deep to dig herself out of. I would like to make one note because the difference between Kirsten and Taylor's situation, some people on Twitter have been really trying to compare these two. When it's like comparing apples to oranges, Kirsten did this to herself. What ta- what happened to Taylor was done to her. She did literally nothing to get the treatment and get the and be like the ire of people's like hate for literally just existing. Whereas Kirsten has come across as shady for the moves and her social maneuvering and what she's done with people yeah. in the house. And as you've said, like. Week one, when someone become, is seen as shady, they're immediately going to dogpile on you because they don't want to be the first ones. Yeah. And I mean, heck, I do the exact same thing. I'd be like, Kirsten's shady. Like, oh, that yeah. girl <laughs> is running around trying to be in alliances. Yeah. And I'm just like, girl, I don't even know you from Adam. Like, where, where did you yeah. come from? It's night one. And what you said, Ian, is the reason why Kirsten finds herself herself still on the block when it comes to the nomination ceremony. Riley is hearing her name as enemy number one in the house from a variety of different people. And to Riley, it's like, okay, let me just go ahead and leave the person who the house wants out on the block. Mm-hmm. Do we think Riley left the right two people on the block? Yeah. Uh, no. All right, I Randy. Oh. I think uh I think Felicia and this might be a little bit of bias cuz I absolutely adore Felicia. She is my queen this season. I love her so much. Everything she does is perfect. Um but she's amazing feeds. I, I think I would have oh, yeah. taken her off the block. I think this is a bad assessment from Riley cuz personally and you guys might disagree. I understand that Corey is more her age than Felicia. But Felicia has been nothing but super opening. And I'm not saying Corey hasn't. I just feel like Felicia would be so much easier to work with than Corey. If you look at the house as a whole, who's going to have their hands in more cookie jars between Felicia and Corey? You're, and now you're just looking at it as you don't know these people very well yet. You're looking at a 65-year-old woman on a reality show that statistically older people are targeted early on compared mm-hmm. to this young kid who's probably going to get in with the young crowd, who's probably going to be very popular. To me, that's a number. And maybe I'm thinking too far into this. I, I take Corey off the block. You could argue you take him off the block. You're going to have a lot more enemies. I see that argument. But I just see, Felicia, you take her off the block. That's a girl who's going to stick with you. She is going to be your right-hand person. And we've seen it between Felicia and uh, Sari so far. They've stuck together through every, right off the get-go. She was like, oh, my God. It's Sari. And there has been no wavering from Felicia. And if I'm looking at the two, if I'm talking to the two personally, I'm seeing Felicia as a more trusting ally, which is why I would take her off the block over um over Corey. I disagree. Hmm. I think why? you I think you brought up a good <laughs> a good thing about <laughs> I think you brought up a good point about the age difference though, Randy, when you talked about that, like I think the reason why Riley took Corey off the block is because that is someone who is her close to her age. And this, I mean, we're seeing this even in the divided house right now. We have all the young people who have already grouped up together. And then we have the older people who have grouped up together who are 
like a wider variety and different types of people that come from different walks of life and you have all the young people like who just yeah. look like the most boring bland alliance I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes, like, yes, it, yes. It's, it's giving me it though no, for real though, but like these two alliances and to bring it to Survivor Panama are giving me Melina or no 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 uh uh, uh what Lamina and Kasaya. Sari's alliance is Kasaya and then the other <laughs> alliance is Lamina. Like I could give I do not care what goes on in that other alliance unless Sari happens to be in that room. And that's what it feels like. If Sari isn't a Kasaya 3.0, that's what it feels like. And I'm oh, yeah. absolutely living for it. I think so, now is a, probably a good time. Oh, go ahead, Will. I was just going to say, uh, the reason why I think Corey was off the block is, one, uh, I don't know how well it was shown in the episode versus the feeds, but Corey absolutely saved him, uh, saved himself. Because the originally going into it, the nomination was going to be Corey and Kirsten. And then Corey went to Riley and was like, hey, if you want Kirsten out of here and that is your target, don't put, don't keep me up because I was in the, you know, the abyss uh, for however, however uh, long and I haven't developed two good social bonds yet. Felicia is very popular, you know, very social and not a threat. Right. And so I think Riley wants her target to go home. And so I think it makes much more sense to keep Felicia because she has allies, she has social capita, and those people are going to keep Felicia. Kirsten doesn't have a lot of allies, and Corey doesn't have too many strong bonds yet. And so I think it absolutely makes sense to keep Felicia, who is a lot safer of a pond than Corey. Hmm. That's well said. Yeah, that's where my line of thinking will. went. Though, I will say, I think Kirsten... Um, should have been pulled off the block. I think that there were bigger targets for Riley to get. Uh, and I think that that was a missed opportunity because if you think if Riley took a second to acknowledge that a group of people was telling her that Kirsten was the one who needed to go, I would second guess that and probably consider, but is Kirsten the right person to go for me? Because yes, mm -hmm. there's a lot of just distrust with Kirsten, but there's also a lot of distrust with Corey. I think now might be a really great time to go and uh, take an Instagram question that we got. I think we're sort of hovering around it. But someone wants to know who our personal favorites and least favorites are in the game <clears throat> right now. I'm going to get heat with mine. There's going to be heat because I know the person that I personally don't like is very loved by the, a lot of the community. Um, and well, I don't, Randy, you I, better keep your mouth shut then. <laughs> I don't have because You better not say her name. I'm saying Izzy. I'm not an Izzy oh, fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, I thought you were about to say you were i thought if you said three randy i was like i might I as well just kick me off this live right now because i'm gonna randy like dare. sort you out I would in front never, of all your fans i would i would never <laughs> we would lose so many subscribers no i love Suri. um no but i'm personally not an izzy fan and i've seen this going around twitter where people are saying i don't understand the hate that izzy is getting I certainly love Izzy as a person. I think she's a little much, like a little high energy, which is very good for Izzy because I said the same thing about Carolyn 
in season 44. I did not like Carolyn at the start of the game. I thought she was a little much, like drop back a little bit. And so, and you saw how far she went. Izzy is just immediately once she pulled Jared and Suri to the side was like, Oh yeah, I got you. We got this. You know what? We're going to, we're going to do this. I got you. We're good. We're good. And I was like, okay. Like, woo. And like, if you spoke that way to me on day one, I'm like, no chance. She's keeping her mouth shut. She needs to be the first one to go. And I, there's something about Izzy. I just feel like she's going to cause a lot of trouble. Whereas Suri's other ally, Felicia, absolutely love her. This girl has already lost like five mic packs. If you haven't been watching the live feeds, <laughs> I know, I know production is so, is so tired of her. Just her reactions. When I hope they don't charge her for all of those. <laughs> yeah. They're going to take it out of her prize money. <laughs> if she makes it to the end, I'm cool with that. Uh, that uh, The last thing I'll say, and I know I'm taking a lot of time to say my favorite and uh, least favorite. Uh, but anyways, the time that her and Sari were talking about Kirsten, about how she's got her hands in all the cookie jars, just her reaction is, oh, so she's doing this. Oh, like I love her reaction so much. If you're not watching us on YouTube and you're listening on Spotify, I'm sorry. You couldn't see my face there, but yeah, that's who I'm watching right now. Absolutely adore Felicia. Randy, did you see the clip where Izzy was crying and, uh, Felicia, Felicia just starts yes, laughing. I saw her just starts laughing. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's like, I don't want to, I'm going to do my Izzy impression. I don't want to like, I don't hate him, but like, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> was just Matthew, like I, you, it was so funny. Favorite? I would have laughed too. I'd be like, I mean, yeah. Felicia is clearly top of our list for a lot of us. Another person <laughs> that I could shout out as being one of my favorites. I haven't seen a lot from her strategy wise, but that's not always a, a bad thing, but it's America. I thought America did really, really well in the very first challenge. And we found out uh, during the HOH competition that she sort of wanted to lower her threat level by throwing the HOH competition. So I want to see more from her. I've liked what I've seen of her from the feeds already. Of course, it's almost impossible to see everything on the feeds when it comes to I, this show. I will We're... say, Matthew, one of the few things that I caught on the feeds came today and I can't remember who was speaking. I'm really trying to remember. But two people were talking about America because I was very interested with America at the start. And they were literally saying how, I know it was Corey. It was Corey and someone else. <clears throat> how America is that girl who you're going to take to the final six. She won't be remembered for the season. And then she'll get dumped at six. And Corey's like, if you ask, <laughs> I think it was Corey and Riley. But he was like, if you ask me right now, who's the forgettable character this season? I already know who it is, and it's America. Well, <laughs> I would like to see the opposite happen. And you know what? It's always anything, the pretty girls. <laughs> I, it, it's just anything truly can happen, which is why I'd love to see an arc, especially with Kirsten. I'd love to see an arc with Kirsten where you know, her game, she fumbles her game in the beginning, but then she starts gaining her footing. If she, you know, stays after tomorrow's eviction, gaining her footing and starts playing about it. I'd love to see a story like that play out. As far as least favorite goes, I think obviously Luke is out of there. I think what he did was absolutely 
atrocious yeah. and I'm glad he's gone from the game. Someone inside the game that I'm not uh, a fan of, or I'm not rooting for uh, is going to be Cameron. I'm not, a f- mm. I don't like how he's been talking to Riley and it's been, I, he's yeah, it's been a thing. <laughs> the way he, he grabbed her, they were having like, she was having like a sentimental uh, moment. And I know, I know uh, a lot of people out there, there were people shouting this out and there were a lot of people saying, what did he do wrong? He was just comforting her. This is where it's a very rare instance that I can say as a straight male who has hit on girls in the past, you don't <laughs> like if you're if you're supporting them, you don't grab them like like he did in that yeah. moment. That you was like clearly hold like, their hand. Yeah, like he yeah, like you're mm-hmm. you're there's different ways to 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 approach <laughs> someone when you're trying to comfort them. And that was more of like uh oh, this is you know, you're very sad. I'm here for you. I got you. And it was just very, it was very off. It was very off. So I think I, I, I agree, Matthew. Although I will say someone at some point said they got serial killer vibes from him. And I Izzy still said feel that like, Izzy. Izzy. And I, still was like <laughs> I was still like, okay, hold on. Let's not, come on. He's not that bad, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe now. she's onto something. Maybe she- <laughs> Ian, what about me, my boy? Who's your favorite, least favorite? Okay. So we obviously, I think, like, I want to go for a little bit of a favorite. And I really like his song. I really, like, as, like, I'm, I'm, you know, with, like, watching Big Brother, I don't think they have the best gay representation because it's either skinny, bitchy boy, or, like, dumb, like, like, like really like Frankie Grande energy. And I don't want to see that like that much. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I don't want to see it type in Hassan that, but you like is like a little bit of eater, but like in a playful way where this is like Cody and, and like on the feeds, just like Cody, the main core, honestly, like part of me just subconsciously hates him that I won't even remember name. Which <laughs> is just like, as someone who is a little yeah. bit of a cynic in my life, I'm very cynical. I relate to that and I like honestly there's just just like yeah I don't really like this person that much but I do like the way he has taken it upon himself to actually like have conversations one-on-one with Matt who is our first deaf brother player it's crazy to think since Survivor had a deaf player 20 years ago yeah, that's I think out loud for me as a fit yeah 2003 so like but I like the way he's playing. I think he's a good player, and I think he can go far in this game. And anybody on the side, I'm probably going to be a fan of. Um, person I least like, I have to like go with Matthew. I really don't like Cameron. I don't like the way he talks to people. I don't, I don't the way arrogance. I don't like his cockiness. I don't like the like the stupid buns in his hair. I was like, take those out of your fucking hair, dude. No one likes that. It's not funny. It's not cute. It's not adorable. It's not endearing. It's just, you look like, I get your stay at home ad, but like, this is big brother, not your house. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe, I don't know if he has daughters or sons, but if he has daughters and they put his hair up like that, that's cute. But like, doing it yourself, no. Like, I don't want to see it. But I am waiting for the day someone does straighten his hair because it always happens to someone with curly hair and big brother, someone straightens mm. their hair. That's like a rite of passage with someone with curly hair in the house. But yeah, Cameron's just not my cup of tea. 
Dang, so I'm surprised that and no Will, one... Will, who is your choice? <laughs> so my my favorite, I thought would y'all would say his name already, but might be an oddball pick, but I love Jag. Um, mm, I know he's not I on the Surrey side, but mm-hmm. of everyone from that side of the house, I think Jag is my favorite. I think my favorite is also Surrey and Felicia for obvious reasons. But Jag, I think, has well, a Well, really Surrey is good... a given. <laughs> yeah, Surrey is a given, right? I feel like Jag, though, my only fear for him is that when the when his alliance implodes, because it will, because it's an alliance of eight that's already been you know snitched out, I really hope that he's on the surviving end of it. I really hope he's not going to be labeled as like a big threat from that side that has to go out pre pre jury. Um, I think Jag, as long as he survives that, then I think he makes it really really far. I think he has a good head on the shoulders. He's really nice. I think him and Riley, him and Riley have a really nice relationship going. I really like that duo. And I just, I don't know. He seems like a really easygoing guy. My least favorite though, this might be controversial, right? But it's three fields. Not really. I lied. It's red. My heart. Oh Oh my God. I knew you were were going to say red and I will not stand for this. I saw this earlier. People are like, we can all agree. These are the four most hated in the house. And red was there. And I saw so many comments of people being like, what has red done? And I'm the same, same way. I'm like, what has red done to earn hatred? This guy is for a fun time. So here's the thing, right? I mean, my least favorite obviously is Luke. I think we all can agree that Luke should not have been on the season. But like, I don't actively dislike anyone else. I think mm. they're all fun TV personalities. Even Izzy, I think when she does implode, it's going to be hilarious. Her just being constantly upset is kind of funny because I'm kind of cynical. Oh, yeah. But Red, I think to me, he just seems like the most hammed up for the cameras, <laughs> which I don't really – like he seems to me the most one-dimensional. He's just the – I'm the redneck. I my all my confessionals are gonna be about you know living up in Tennessee, Gatlinburg. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's a really good red impression. I, I it's just my southern. It feels like a Donnie repeat. Yeah, but at least Donnie, he was like the most wholesome guy. <laughs> like, yeah, depth. You know, red. It's just red. Like name name gave it all. Uh, I'm also not the biggest fan of Bo yeah. Gane because I think she's going to be the forgettable house guest that. You know, she's already forgettable and we get access to the live feeds, which you know, maybe we'll yeah. see more, but I also don't like her lying about her. Honestly, image. I think. Oh, come on. Didn't Felicia lie about her age, too? No, Felicia was. She proud said she was. I don't think she revealed that she, she did. Did she actually? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't catch whether or not. Oh, she better not. As she, I remember I her pre, her pre-season press. She's like, I'm not telling anyone I'm retired because I got two retirement yeah. checks. I was like, yes, Mama Felicia. I, so, I definitely like these are some interesting picks. I like to hear. I like hearing all of this because yeah. I think this cast overall is pretty pretty solid, apart from Luke. But you know, we'll see how that develops. We'll see how. Everyone else develops. It's only been one week, and we've gotten a lot of stuff on feeds. And I've heard some really out of left field stuff that I'm like, "It's week one, girl. Like, why are you talking like this?" Like, I heard a comment from Lou. It's like, "Yeah, it's about time we had a mental cough." I'm like, "It's day four. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> one week. 
She what? just does bad on one competition. Like, what do you mean a mental? I wanted to. The, the thing to me is like I've not I'm noticing with this with this cast is like I feel like I'm watching New Era Survivor in real time, and I don't like it. <laughs> Like that vibe of New Era Survivor where it's only 26 days and I feel like these people are like playing like it's already week six. And I'm like, it's in the end of the week, love. Like, I'm down. That's why, like for me, when before the whole thing with Luke happened, when everybody was like, we don't know where Luke stands. Like, what is he doing? Because he seemed like if someone were to pull one of the people off lock, Luke would have probably been the replacement nominee because people like were not connecting with him and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, that's great. You know, but I was also like, he's not doing anything. And then by the time he started to like get a little activated and I was like, oh man, like, and then when he said that comment and I was just like, you know what? It's one of the few times where I think being silent would have done you a whole lot better, but also it's just not something you can change when someone says something like that. And we'll get, and we'll get more into that uh, on tomorrow's, eviction show when when we find out exactly uh what they're going to end up doing about the whole situation mm-hmm. on that note we have a power of veto to talk about so we're going to take a really quick break and then we'll get into tonight's episode a little bit more if you are a survivor geek like i am you should tune, tune into our show on survivor now every single friday my name is Tegwood, and my friend David and I come out with Survivor Social every single Friday. Now, what is Survivor Social? Great question. That is a great question. Essentially, we break down literally everything in the episode that you just saw on Wednesday. We go through point by point what happened, what didn't happen, what they showed, what they didn't show, what we wanted to see, pretty much everything. But it's all around the social game. We are big Survivor geeks. Are you a Survivor geek? Because if you're listening to Survivor now, you probably are. Um, We just kind of want to know how the social aspect of the game goes into the greater sense of Survivor and the winners and everything about that. So we break it down. We break it down with just us two sometimes, but also we have some really amazing guests like our friends, also fellow Survivor geeks, but also past Survivor players are breaking down with us. It is so much fun, fun. So every single Friday, tune in to Survivor Social because it is a 10 out of 10. I will see you. have an intro (laughs) i had to do an ad for i mean big brother itself i don't know uh how youtube copyright is gonna act about about (laughs) i'll deal with that when we get there we had to take a look at the intro we just got uh the intro tonight and it i thought it was fun they're gonna have to edit it a little bit for reasons we know but other than that it was a a great (laughs) intro (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because last season didn't have one because of Joseph. Yeah, it was weird last season because Joseph got added last minute because he was an alternate. And 
Like we didn't get an intro last season at all, which is a shame because I would have killed to have seen Taylor like do a runway stunt walk. Like, cause <laughs> you know, that's just, I would have loved to see more Taylor and see like an actual official intro video. So, but yeah. I want more Taylor got 90 days of Taylor. <laughs> like, what? But, uh, yeah. Yeah, thank God. Thank God we got more. 90 days. Of thank God. Oh, yeah. Just... We have to make sure to get into... Sorry to cut you off. We have to make sure to get into these competitions because we have so many competitions that we have to talk about. <laughs> Matthew, yeah. you... there is a... I want to do the wedgie competition so bad. I thought that was a lot of fun. This is the power of veto uh, competition today, but I'm so glad... Uh, with you all that we have the intro i think it's gonna grow on me i'm so used to the original one but i really like this too i just like having it so before we get into the challenge we find out a couple of different things we're reminded that the target is kirsten from riley and that felicia is just a pawn now uh Kirsten is feeling really betrayed by riley because riley kind of promised that she would take care of kirsten I kind of see where Kirsten is coming from. If she's not used to the game, I don't know what her familiarity is with the game, but she's Riley a recruit. Barely, well, Riley was really convincing in terms of making her feel really safe that I can understand why it feels like the rug was pulled out from under her. Mm -hmm. but at the same time too, though, I don't really fault Riley for how she handled that because there is no right or wrong option. And I think I think it was just partly a misplay on Kirsten for just making an alliance amidst a sea of other failed alliances and just hoping that it would stick and expecting that it would stick. Because when you're in the game, you have to think about not just what you're saying to other people, but what they're saying to each other, you know? Like, Kirsten might have a conversation with Riley, but what is Riley telling Corey, um, Jared, and um, and Felicia? You know yeah yeah i mean it's a it's a it's a great point then we get uh this lovely intro to the backyard and i feel like the only reason they really done this i don't know if they've ever really done a backyard reveal like this maybe not recently but it was because felicia fell into the yeah. hot tub did anyone see this on feeds it was so i mean luckily Ian, you okay, had to so i didn't funny. see it live Oh, I, I didn't I didn't actually sit down and watch it, but I watched the full clip and like what happened and everything. Yeah. And it was very funny because like you don't actually see the full like camera like angle her fall in. You just hear the mic and like like a water gurgle. sound. You just hear it like <laughs> literally just gurgle, sink to the depths of the hot tub. And then America, you hear in the background says, They said not to get into the hot tub. And she's like, <laughs> I fell in. <laughs> The hot, they said the hot tub's not open. It's not ready. <laughs> I love that they kept that in the episode. It's just, you know, Felicia's so endearing. And um, RIP to another mic pack, I think. That is <laughs> I, think I, hope they do I really hope I that they have it. I hope, she, I hope it becomes a secret power veto. However, if you break this many packs you get a secret power of veto and felicia i'm has wondering to 10 mic packs to get a secret power of veto i'm wondering how many mic packs they have like on the ready like i'm oh, I'm they have to have like they plenty. have they have to have like backups upon backups yeah but she's already mm -hmm. gone through like six of them she's probably fed into someone five. else's backup <laughs> okay five but i mean she's probably broken another one while we've been doing this podcast so. <laughs> i just imagine oh, yeah. the 
the production assistant that has to run to um, Best Buy and the, the, the cashier there is just like another one, you know, like, <laughs> really. Felicia um, again. Felicia again. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun, but now we see some alliances start to form. So, right. We're reminded Jag and Riley, they have a really nice connection going on and they form the handful Alliance, which I have to say, I kind of really like that name of the Alliance and the people in that. No. You don't like it? The name really. No, really... I think it's the worst name ever. I think it's a terrible uh, name. I think it's an absolutely on, they, terrible name. They were using the context I, clues I, around them. Five. No. Five fingers on a hand. I, no, I thought okay. it was creative. I we'll think... win you over, Ian. <laughs> I've... What when what would win me over? Um, something that doesn't sound like something you would say in like an everyday conversation. It's like, oh wow, it's a handful or something like that. Like I just want well, something different. I like, be, I'd be like, I I'd, I'd like to call. I would call them like the handies, like handy, like that something. Like someone would be like, what handies? And like yeah, it's the handies or like the Arby's or something. I don't know, something different than handful. Especially if you're in Arby's. that horror themed room, like come fit. Like, come up with something scary. Like, like oh, the monkey's paw. That would be a good one. That would be a good name for the alliance. Monkey's oh, he's paw. Going like that sinister. ties into some ah. creepy stuff. <laughs> but I'm really saying it's worse than grateful or undeniable, like, or any of the alliance names from 22. No, the, like, come on. No, nah, I mean, there's some really bad ones out there. Like, obviously, this is not the worst one I've heard, but it's probably the most forgettable one I've ever heard and okay, I mean, this alliance will be forgotten pretty soon we'll see so yeah. in this alliance are cameron riley jag matt and blue and they are the handful alliance but then we also get another alliance called the bye bye b words and that is uh let me see i have it uh felicia micole siri izzy and bowie jane but bowie jane leaves the room saying, I don't want it to look like I'm in an alliance. What did you all think of this move? Smart. Uh, dumb. I thought it was a smart Well, we've been, because... we've been disagreeing all night. It's our first time being in a podcast together at since 43. You don't? Uh... Okay, I, I... wait. We'll, we'll go first. Why, why do you think your opinion on this? So here's the thing, right? You don't want to make it known that you're in. So Bowie Jane confirmed that she was in this alliance and then left because she doesn't want to make it seem like she's in. That's smart. Here's here's the thing. What did the cookout do during Big Brother uh 2023? They never were in the same room together yeah. at all throughout the entire season. Mm -hmm. That's smart because no one suspected that they were an alliance. Bowie Jane confirming she's in the alliance, just saying, I trust y'all. I don't have to be in the same room as with every conversation we have. I believe that y'all have my back. I don't want to make it seem like I'm in with y'all. So I'm going to leave the room. Just fill me in later. That is brilliant, you know, because then Bowie Jane gets no target. They're not going to immediately break their word to Bowie Jane. Other people are going to suspect that she's in an alliance. That's the smartest move that she could have made. Okay, all four of us are talking about being in an alliance together. We just bring this up. Hey, let's let's all work together. I go, cool. Sounds good to me. I'm going to go, though. You're telling me that doesn't look suspicious whatsoever because if I'm making the alliance and you say that, Will, yeah, no, I think that sounds great. I'm going to go, though, uh, so it doesn't look too suspicious. I'm going to instantly look at Matthew and Ian and be like, okay, Will's not with us. We need to we need to bring someone else in. 
you need time to get the alliance together. I get yeah. it. I I agree with the sentiment of let's never be seen in the same room or not often be seen in the same room together, but let's at least talk for like 30 minutes to an hour and like kind of work out a plan here, get the Alliance down before you just hightail it out of the room. It just looks very suspicious to me. Counterpoint. If you saw five people, well, in a this room is together, the edited version of the show. Yeah. Don't forget, you know, we don't, do we know how long <laughs> Boat Jane was in this conversation, no matter if it was strategy or, or whatnot, you know, because if she was there for a while and they talked about the alliance like for and, a know, while, up, then and then her leaving, like if it was right off the cuff, where oh, I could tell it was just getting good. <laughs> I know he, he left yeah. us. Uh, he left us on a banger there. He'll he'll Wait, pop that. Listen, I I'm sort of with Will on this, but I also see your point. My thing was it just looked way too quick to leave the room. That's it. I, I think it's a great well, it's because it's an edited it's TV version. Yes, it's an edited I think TV it's because version, it's the edited but it looked version. really quick. It did look very quick. It wasn't I that wonder, quick on the feeds. I don't think it was. I will that say, quick. I wonder if anyone on the feeds or in their confessional voiced that they thought it was suspicious that Bowie Jane left the room when she did, because that would explain why they may have edited it this way so that eventually um, when it becomes time to tell the story of Bowie Jane, they could decide if it's still applicable, right? It, or is she still trustworthy or not? So from a storytelling perspective, I can kind of see why they may have done it. And it sparks conversation like this. Did she leave yeah, too early or I not? I mean, I definitely, I honestly, to me, I understand like, your concern, Randy, and like I understand the point of like, oh, that looks suspicious, but like you thinking that and with how Bowie from the feeds was talking with all these girls and whatnot, and like really in these deep conversations and then finally forming this alliance. Like if you've been talking for like 30 minutes and then you did it to form this alliance and you say, Hey, I'm just gonna go and make sure it's not too suspicious, I would be like, Yeah, that's perfectly fine with me. We're in alliance together, like why should I worry? Like also, I just be like, and who does Bowie Jane really have like as an alliance right now? Like, let's be real right here. Like, I'd be like, Bowie Jane hasn't talked to game, I think, with anybody yet. So I have, if I was any of those girls, I'd be like, I don't think we have anything to worry about right now. Because like, if you send someone to go follow after her, it makes you makes her think that you don't trust her, and doing that is like Boston Rob like buddy system and no one likes that no one wants to be followed around and so like it's definitely one of those few things that i definitely it's a good conversation starter and it's a good conversation piece but like i honestly don't think it's gonna have that big of an effect on her game randy did we convince you no uh, yeah i mean i think i think that i think the the house guests reactions kind of convinced me because it didn't seem like anyone really questioned it whatsoever like i was anticipating they them to say something and they didn't they immediately got right back in the conversation like she didn't even leave and she's like we got it this but let me just say bye bye b word that is an amazing name and it came once again from felicia so she continues to say what well, it well it came from it came from the legendary Janelle <laughs> Pirazina who said it when she won HOH after she 
in a very iconic moment. She said, bye bye beaches. Like, <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she would say something. So like, it's like a, it's like a very famous big brother, like yeah. catchphrase okay. and like moment. We're... So like Felicia using that and like in the best way possible for like an all female alliance, which almost never works out in big brother for some reason. But they got but Suri like, this know. time. They got Suri. That doesn't, let, I think Suri can do it. Suri can do it. I think so I believe too. Suri I, can. I like this alliance. I want to point out that Felicia was the one to come into the room saying, hey, I noticed these people. Um, uh, let me list them again. I noticed, uh, where are they? Uh, Jag, Cameron, Riley, Matt, Blue. I noticed they were all in a room together. They're in an alliance. We need to form an alliance. And good on Felicia for not wasting any time with that and getting the information. And this is great because it is confirmed mm -hmm. by Jared later that this is actually a thing to Suri when Jared is approached about joining it and making a much larger alliance. Now we're going to pick players for the veto competition. Oh, you know what? No, we're already... Uh, before the veto, this is when this happens. They try getting Jared on board to join their five-person alliance. I thought that this talk went weirdly. Went oh, you know, it was with Corey when Cam was trying. Cameron was trying to tell Corey about the five-person alliance, and basically said, "Corey, you're joining as number six, which I was like, never let Cameron. Uh, uh, pose never let Cameron talk someone. here. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Just stop letting I, him talk. <laughs> I was surprised Corey was so happy about it being labeled as literally number six in the five person alliance. But then it goes a little bit better uh, with Jared and America when they uh, in, like talk to them about joining as well. Um, Jared, though, goes and instantly tells Suri, and it further <laughs> confirms this alliance is now eight people. And Obviously, this is really concerning for Suri because this means she could very easily be a target. Uh, side point, and I'm going to ask a question that a lot of people are going to be like, Randy, you're an idiot. No. Do we think Jared <laughs> is giving his mom a little bit too much information? Because even she no. said at one point, even Suri said, stop talking so much. I mean, he goes to her. For everything. I do think they have a great system going down. They're both in two alliances. Um, but literally every time that Jared learns something, he's going to Suri and reporting to her. I think you could work together while still holding something against your legendary mother who has played this, you know, these types of games so many times. Sure, but Randy, I don't think she meant stop bringing me information. Yeah, I, think she I, I meant know. Stop, <laughs> stop talking to people. Um, I think it's I too think early to tell at this point. Also, you really don't think Sari is going to be able to tell if her son's lying to her? I'm not saying lie. I'm just saying don't report <laughs> back to her for everything. But she'll catch that though. Like she that's will. his mama. She will. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very interested to see where this leads because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people. Um, I'm gonna welcome Will back in here. I hey, know Will. a lot of people are kind of like these two are going to go to the end together. It's apparent we keep seeing I don't Sari think she will. From, I I don't either. We keep seeing Sari get emotional. That's my baby boy. I want to play this game as long as possible. And I'm starting to feel like Jared will go against his mother at some point. I just am starting to see, and I know it's only week one. I'm starting to see that there is not a path 
where these two are going to end up at the end together. I personally see Sari taking Felicia over her son, personally. I think she would take anybody over her son. Just in my opinion, if I'm Sari, who is a hard game player and understands strategy, I would want someone that I know is a guaranteed vote on that jury for me. And if Jared makes it to jury, then if I'm Sari and I'd be like, if there's a moment where I would, if I were Sari and say like, there's a moment where Jared's in the line of fire and like, say like, I'm actually in a good position with all these other people. And if I go out of my way to save my son, then it blows up my whole position in the game. And Sari is not a player that's going to blow up her position whatsoever. I like, she's very good at doing that. I disagree. So here's the thing. When the nominations were said, and when Riley turned the key and revealed that she would be taking Jared off of the block, Suri said in her confessional, I'm off the block because my son's off the block. And yeah. I think they have a strong enough connection. And also, we just, we just didn't talk about the fact, what if Jared genuinely plays a worse game than Suri at the end? Even worse than the person who's <clears throat> there with them at number three, if they're all there together. Felicia. You know, I think the problem too, though, is Sri loves the game, but she loves her family more. I think uh-huh. that that's just that's just how it is. And I think Sri sees it as she's able. She's been on Survivor. She's been through the motions four times. She's been on other CBS shows and other other shows like The Traders. She's been and on The Traders and Snake uh-huh. in the Grass. She might just say, "You know what? I've done. I've done it all." I want my son to be able to enjoy it. And I, I think that she might have that uh, perspective. Now, she might try as hard as she can to keep her and her son in the game. I'm not saying that she's just going to give up. It's going to be a, a very emotional thing. But I think I can see Sari throwing, like, falling on the sword for Jared, assuming that she believes that Jared could go to the end and win. Problem is, mm-hmm. I don't really see Jared right now as a winner. Yeah. That, I'm in the that's same just how it with is. you. Yeah. I see some really not Jared. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm that's that the really boat. great thing about Big Brother is that they really yeah. have no control over telling the story of who's going to be the winner at the end because they also have no idea who really is going to be at the end. Um, so let's go into the power of veto. We select our players. It's not looking great for the bye-bye B-words because uh, playing alongside uh, Felicia is and uh, and Kirsten is Riley, Hysom, Blue, and Cameron. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I'm just going to get into Hysom winning here. Looked like a fun competition. Did anyone believe... I hated this. Did anyone believe that Hysom was would have taken Kirsten off the block because yeah. I was beginning to get that feeling. I think it's it's different when you watch the feeds I, compared to the show. That's what I was gonna say. You guys were probably watching yeah. the feeds and like but like I was just From watching the, the condensed it, show. Yeah well no, I, I mean, want to point this out because Will and I will probably discuss it, but there was a point on the feeds where Izzy went into a paranoid spiral of, to the point that convinced Sari that Riley was going to backdoor 
And that is a, definitely a big instance of why Sari, and they showed it in the edit, why Sari really didn't want the veto to be used because she was worried she would have been the backdoor target, which Riley was never going to do. I don't think that would have no. ever happened. And, and like, is he being able to convince someone like Sari that she would be a backdoor target in week one is not good for Sari's game. Cause I'd be like, Izzy is not a good ally if she's going to convince you to think the stupidest, most preposterous things. Yeah. But and there's also just a level of, you know, paranoia with Sari because you don't just be one of the greatest survivor players of all time, get immediately sniffed out of your prowess by Izzy and Cam or Corey, not Cameron, and just believe that you would survive the first week, you know, without having to work Un untouched pretty much. Un Matthew, I, exactly. I, I, I did want to, I know these two watch a lot of feeds. How, how up to date are you on the feeds? Like, do you watch a lot of feeds as well? You seem like a feeder. I like, I like to jump into the feed when I can, but that's, it's usually really difficult. I'm always <laughs> find myself in the center of conversations. I have no idea who they're talking about. It's all pronouns. I never hear names. I always use <laughs> myself and the, you know, the fun thing about watching the feeds that I enjoy is that um, I, you truly just have no idea where everyone truly is, especially yeah. at this point in the game. And, you know, I grew so accustomed to last season. Um, I, I would just turn on the feeds for 24 ch specifically just to check in on Taylor because what was happening in the game was it, it was so hard yeah. to watch that no she's going through it i'm so happy that she won at the end the things that she had to go through to get there was almost unbearable to watch so that's what i usually found myself doing is when i like someone i typically follow them around and um I'm, that's what i'm doing with a couple of different people this time i'm i'm following riley i'm following suri um and seeing where those conversations are going so now it's starting to get a little bit more clear on the feeds where the lines are and i know tomorrow we are going to be in for a very unique episode of big brother tomorrow is supposed to be the live vote and eviction for either kirsten or felicia to be the first evicted house guest with the news that a house guest has been disqualified and taken out of the house, we have no idea how this is going to play out and if there will be an eviction at all. Yeah, I mean, I let, we we can that. we can talk about that. We can just talk really quickly about um, kind of our predictions, and then we can go into if there is an eviction. I think we all assume it's going to be Kirsten, but I'm just sitting here and thinking, surely. There is no eviction tomorrow. And if I was a house guest, I would be thinking, obviously, don't think this if you're up for nomination. You need to still be pitching your case and all that. But I would be thinking there's no eviction tomorrow night just because this is the longest Big Brother game we've ever seen. A hundred days. And correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't been. a. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the right information. Um, but it's a yes, hundred days. The taking Luke out of the game that happens almost the same time that you were going to have your first eviction. This is very easy for CBS. You cancel the eviction. I know it's not going to be exciting for the viewers at home, but you cancel the eviction. You just lost Luke. This is you're on track. Like you yeah. wouldn't have to change anything. Whereas if you still do the eviction tomorrow night, 
you're now two two players have left the house, and it could throw production off altogether. I mean, granted, I imagine they have what it takes to do that. They can adjust, but I just I don't see their. Why would you not just be like this was the eviction? He's out of the house. Let's move on and head. You know, let's do the head of household competition. The only thing that I'm questioning is what are we going to watch tomorrow? Like, granted, it will be some of the stuff that has happened the, the past couple of days, forming of alliances and stuff like like normal. But are they going to tell us right off the bat, this is what happened? There is not going to be a, an eviction tonight. Instead, we will, you know, end the episode with the head of household competition like we usually would. Is that going to be told to us right at the beginning? Is it going to be like, are they going to address it and then wait till the very end and then tell the house guests there is no eviction tonight, leave it like a surprise? I'm very interested to see how they do this episode tomorrow. And then the last thing I'll say, do they show it? Do they show that moment of Luke saying the word on TV? Because that is something that I've been thinking on. On one hand, I said, no, we don't want to put that stuff out there. So leave it off of TV. But on the other hand, it's like, that's, that's a moment. And it, it creates conversation. You know, who knows how Jared reacted to that? Did he go and tell his mom? And, you know, there could be some inspiring speeches that we miss out on just because CBS decides to avoid the entire situation. So I'm interested to see altogether how they handle this going into tomorrow's episode. I think I have an idea of how it might be handled because we had a similar situation last season with Paloma, but that was, she looked for a different reason, but they didn't tell the house guests that the eviction was going to be canceled until that night, until like the moment, like there there was no faking what Taylor's face said when they said the eviction (laughs) was canceled. Yeah, it's like it was just in a moment of like peer release for every Big Brother fan across the entirety of the world when that eviction got canceled. But and then with this whole situation with what happened with Luke, as someone who like has kind of kept in the know with Big Brother and whatnot, them showing some bigoted behavior is not new. They they did it in BB15, which is widely considered one of the most racist seasons of Big Brother history. And for literally, like, people's, it, you can really watch a compilation of what the people said in that house. And it's kind of, if you're willing to and sit through it, because there's some very nasty and disgusting things that are said. But I don't yeah. think anything as explicit was really said as what Luke has said, except maybe in Big Brother 20 by some of the house guests, Caitlin and JC, I believe, all the N word as well. And I know Nikki and Jackson also said the N-word in BB21. So what happens, what's going on now might be different because I think Big Brother has a really big job and they really need to hit the head on the, the, hit the nail on the head because if they get this wrong, it'll really backfire. <laughs> I'm sorry. I and, like was talking and I was like, how do I say words? <laughs> Much as that too, but Big Brother also failed in Big Brother 15, 20, 21 by not setting the precedent where the precedent mm-hmm. was. If you say it, you might get a warning from production, but nothing else. 
I really like how this season do you make a racial comment, you're out of the game. No, no, nothing, no defense. Because now going forward, you know, no one's going to say it, hopefully. Um, and I, I don't know how they're going to show the moment itself. I don't know if that's going to, I think what's going to happen is that we're going to hear Jared and Hassam and Corey remark about it, where they're going to be like, you know, earlier Wednesday, you know, there was a comment that was made. I I just don't see them showing the clip on live TV, but I think instead it's going okay. to drawing parallels to uh, Survivor Game Changers with, you know, Zeke and Varner and how that was a very ugly moment that, you know, was able to build a conversation or conversations. And I think they're going to have a similar approach and, you know, give, give people voices and and whatnot. Um, But one more thing too, I, I, I keep talking, but I think part of the reason why the, the uh, eviction might get canceled is because there is a theory going around in the big brother circles. I don't know how much y'all are up to date on that, where there might be a 18th house guest. Yeah. I've heard that's been rumored might be uh, Derek X, which I don't know how or why, but this big brother. And so there I was also a them... theory that Luke was a twin. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Did you hear that theory that, that Luke yeah. had a twin? And everybody's like, I'm oh, well, now Luke's Reddit. gone. They're like, Duke's coming in. <laughs> that was <laughs> Just so imagine... funny that they were like, oh, they're their twin twins. And that was. Oh, your racist brother got evicted. Now you're being put in to look exactly <laughs> like your racist brother. God. Tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be. I would be like, I, I just think tomorrow is going to be a historic episode. I think yeah. in terms of what this means for the game mm-hmm. moving forward. I think CBS did uh, a, an okay job today. I like that they took him out of the game today. I like that they uh, didn't let all of their fans wait to see what would happen yeah. and, and keep the question going of if this would actually happen or not. Um, my prediction would for tomorrow would be that uh, Riley is going to get called into the DR and walk out with an envelope. It's going to say something along the lines of Luke has been disqualified from the game and taken out of the house for uh, inappropriate uh, saying an inappropriate racial slur. And I hope that this serves as a reminder to the current house guests that this won't be tolerated in the Big Brother house. And it's on CBS to stick with that and stick with their policy. So clearly a lot is going on. We're going to be here tomorrow to talk all about what happens. And I also predict that the eviction will be canceled as well. We're going to talk all about whether it is or whether it isn't on our live stream tomorrow. Thank you all so much for joining us again. And we hope to see you soon.